You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And on today's show, we have Jordan again. Say hi. Hey, everyone. So make sure that... All of you are checking out all the other podcasts available here on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Get involved with In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com and make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. You're an RSS person, our RSS feed is available on www.mashthosebuttons.com slash in orbit. So on today's show, the dawning is coming with more quality of life improvements. In the latest TWAB, other changes have been made preparing us for this event. China recently passed a new law that forces online games to publicly announce item probabilities. Vicarious Visions is officially announced as a partner with Bungie and High Moon Studios to work on Destiny content. And we give our impressions of this week's Trials of Osiris event and Iron Banner. And we also bring to you your questions in this week's episode, version of Messages from the Reef. But before we actually begin the podcast, I want to give a shout out to East to West Elite, the people over there at Rasputin Radio for inviting me to their show. Big shout out to Honus5, Chicken Fingers, and Mondo519. I had a great time. It was a fun time. Make sure that you guys check out their podcast. It is Rasputin Radio Podcast, and it's available on iTunes and I believe SoundCloud. I apologize. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes um, so that you guys can go ahead and check out their show. So how was your guys' week in Destiny? It was relatively lag-free. How's that for an answer? Weird. <laughs> what about you jordan uh yeah i'd actually have to say the same but not that i didn't see it <laughs> i definitely saw the lag but yeah the matchmaking settings seem to uh make a difference it that way in fact david didn't you say you had the absolute worst lag that you've ever seen in your life in destiny that was one game man come but on still, we can't judge things off one game still <laughs> We'll be discussing that much later in the podcast, so make sure you guys stay tuned. But let's go ahead and jump right into it. First uh, thing we're going to talk about is the dawning, the 2.5.0 update. 
and it fixed an issue where some players did not receive the Student of History trophy or achievement or sigil of the Young Wolf emblem for attuning all Rise of Iron artifacts. Skeleton keys have been adjusted, so they increased them slightly in the SIVA Crisis playlist, the SIVA Crisis Heroic playlist, and the Weekly Nightfall. And now, they actually gave a reason to do Nightfalls again, at least one per week. Players will now receive a Skeleton Key for their first account Nightfall Clear per week. Ah. I'm just saying. Does that make you happy, Jorge? It makes me happy because there's a lot of people who have uh, the Thorn Quest. And the only thing they need to do is the Strike, uh, the Summoning Pits. Well, it's not Summoning Pits. Whatever it's called now. The Abomination Heist. And they can't get the key it's just so silly so they have this quest is there just like i can get thorn whenever i want whenever the game decides to you know give me something but, See, yeah i was a smart person um i'm too lazy to do all the quests on all my characters right away so what ended up happening was as soon as i got the thorn quest just went and did the uh rise of iron quest on my secondary characters and you know got a uh, skeleton key from that sep gets sep kicks sepics sep kicks uh quest line you don't know how to pronounce things sep kicks you're, per- you're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable anyway nah it's um, sep kicks bro we've been over this <laughs> guys go to school Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right and another part of the update which is really cool Characters who are now level 40 will automatically convert uncommon engrams, the green ones, to weapon and armor parts on pickup. There's no toggle to have them shut off this type of decryption. If you want the green armor slash weapons, you need to create another character. Did y'all see that uh, Cosmo got into being a true Bungie employee by giving a sassy response? He gave a sassy response. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, someone, someone, someone asked, um, uh, "Is there going to be a toggle switch for turning this on and off for people who want to do green weapon and armor tournaments and such?" And his response was, "You can make a new character." See, he he should have he should have just said, "No, there, there's no option to shut this off." I think I love Bungie's responses. Bungie has questionable responses. I love their responses, dude. Especially Luke Smith. You, you could that go up is, to them. That dude is press gold. <laughs> he's a special. Could, he's a special man. You could go up to the Bungie employees, be like, "Do they have chicken sandwiches? If you'd like chicken sandwiches, you can bring your chicken sandwich from home. We offer roast beef." <laughs> Goodness gracious. So, another cool thing for people who do Trials of Osiris is Brother Vance will now offer passage coins for Motes of Light. And I hope it's not one for one, because that would be absurd. I mean, I, I still think that the the conversion that Zer currently has is a little absurd myself. Uh, two strange coins for one Motes of Light. At this point, because of how prevalent Motes of Lights are, it should be kind of two Motes of Light for one strange coin. It just seems a little weird that that they still haven't updated that, and I just really, really hope it's not one for one. That's just ridiculous. Uh, Legendary weapons obtained from the Gunsmith's Rank 2 quests, such as the Still Piercer, 
Mobius, or the Suzuno can now be repurchased from the gunsmith for legendary parts. This is actually very, very cool because I know a lot of people got rid of those guns. And now you can buy them again. They were all like, Susan, no. I still don't get the appeal of that gun. People swear by Susano, and there's much better fusion rifles, in my opinion, in the game. Fusion. But you can easily get a better fusion. It's because it, it feels good, and it's for people who are too lazy to hunt for an even better one. Okay. <laughs> Damn, David. Wow. <laughs> it's because this is good, and you guys are asked anyway. Um, I didn't say they were ass. I said too lazy, man. I feel that sometimes. I, I, I think you were implying things, David. Or he broke out the snob uh, voice. Watch David just called the entire Destiny com- community ass. Um, you guys heard it here, folks. I apologize. Yeah, David's, you heard David's me. I am the represent. best player ever. <laughs> There's also other things that are going to be coming with the patch. They haven't mentioned what they are. I'm really hoping that they do what they did a couple patches ago and just stealth input a weapons patch all out of nowhere. Like, by the way, guys, enjoy. Well, here's the thing. That's when they uh, nerfed uh, the warlock. uh, What is it? The the Viking funeral. But but they did tell us about that one. Because um, they they said it was coming the day of, man, which... Is all the uh, heads up we really need, if you think about it. Everybody's kind of assuming there's going to be one. So the fact they haven't talked about it's a little weird. But then again, when they've talked about it in the past, it's mainly been because they're having big changes to stuff like classes and certain aspects of it. And there's no big glitches that need fixing or changes to subclasses and stuff. So no real reason to talk about it. Everybody just kind of hopes we get this change so that the meta stops being a little a little stale. If it doesn't happen, it won't be the end of the world. But, you know, we all kind of want it. We all kind of need it. A little bit. Yeah. Madly. Deeply. Especially if you, <laughs> especially if you uh, are getting as sick of the Mapador as I am. Climate dragon! See, I haven't... Damn it. I haven't had as many problems with with the Mapador, just because I, I guess the way I play. Uh, but I, it, it I just see lots of shotguns and clever dragons, and not enough of the other stuff. So I, I think they need to be either brought up or something needs. Yeah. Anyway, there's two types of players in the Destiny world right now. Actually, there's three. Nah, there's three. There's the the clever dragon Mapador. There's the palindrome slash Aos Luna if you're lucky with a sniper. Or whale. And there's the dude that just don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a whale and that thing is amazing. It had um, perfect balance, luck in the chamber, and there was another perk. I am not. I'm not a fan of that hand cannon. I don't know it, why. I'm assuming you so have well a range perk on it. You better have a range perk on that thing. That thing's got even less range than all the other hand cannons. It, but it, I think that for me anyway, the there's I still suffer from ghost bullets. Yeah, like every other hand cannon. Yeah. But because of the, like the perfect parts. balance, the perfect balance just it it feels better. It uh, I don't have as much of a kick on it. I I don't know, man. 
I never have really liked the stability perks for hand cannons. I'm that guy that takes his hand cannons down to zero stability and then mm-hmm. just pumps the range. But that's how that's how I've made ghost bullets feel rest, less prevalent. It the the thing about ghost bullets, which still suck, is the other day I rolled a palindrome with outlaw, hammer forged, and luck in the chamber. So it could have been really good if I had rifled barrel, but because it only has hammer forged, it still feels terrible compared to my vendor roll palindrome. Okay. So anything else you guys wanted to talk about those those updates coming with us to 2.5.0? No, no, I'm good. Yeah, good. (laughs) Cool. Next topic, we're going to go ahead and talk about the China law that takes on RNG. There's specifically two parts that are really prevalent. Um, 2.6, online game publishers shall now promptly publicly announce information about the name, property, content, quantity, draw, slash forge probability of all virtual items and services that can be drawn slash forged on the official website of a dedicated draw probability webpage of the game. That just drove my head insane. The information on draw probability shall be true and effective. 2.7, online game publishers shall publicly announce the random draw results by customers on notable places of official website or in-game and keep record of government inquiry. The record must be kept for more than 90 days. When publishing the random draw results, some measures should be taken place to protect user privacy now go china <laughs> so china's trying to put all them youtubers who spend hundreds of dollars <laughs> to uh test stuff out of business <laughs> no like it 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 just i i actually agree with this law and the reason i do is it, it gate okay how do i say this? gaming has slowly tr- uh at least the pay to win part or the pay to get additional stuff part has transitioned from mounds and other stuff to a more gambling style. And when you go more towards gambling rather than pay to win and you introduce probability and chance, you're kind of going into deep territory that kind of shouldn't be there with regards to games that's why i'm not a fan of uh the 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 system that they had for festival of the lost and i'm not the event was cool the eververse stuff wasn't no it wasn't so i don't know i it's been leaving a bad taste in my mouth when just just thinking about that stuff and i already know games like overwatch with their loot boxes and their chances and stuff like that, that that's just a, an additional, you know, point of contention right there. And, and kudos to China, I guess, like there's not too many times I'll say that, but they're kudos to China for, you know, taking the step for a little bit more transparency. They're trying to break down that Activision mold that Activision <laughs> is building. It, Activision needs to slow down with that. I'd have to look into it in more detail because I'm curious. Uh, last, uh, maybe it wasn't last episode, but the episode before I mentioned the uh, the gambling aspect, how these games really introduced that, especially with uh, those Eververse transactions that we had recently. And it, 
the way these uh, uh, the way these excerpts read on this law, it sounds like they're throwing gaming under gambling, basically, at least the RNG aspect of it, and they're regulating it as such. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and, that's true. And and just for clarity's sake, this is not going to take effect in the United States. This is Chinese law. This only is in China. But given that China has such a large presence and is getting a larger presence in the gaming community and more companies want to cater their games for China, it's easy to see how this is going to affect companies down the line. This, When one domino drops, another gets hit. So you see China putting this law into effect. Maybe another country in Europe puts this law into effect. Maybe the U.S. decides to get involved into online gaming and say, no, you know what? This law actually makes sense. See, I don't really see other countries putting this law in, but realistically, if a game's out in China and people have to publish the drop rates there, then everybody around the world can find out the drop rates. Yay for the internet. Well, that's assuming that the site isn't somehow blocked or restricted outside of China because they do have extremely restrictive internet laws still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we all know how the internet works with yeah, its restrictions, air quote, air quote. So, yeah, it could actually, even though this is only China, yeah, you're right. This could actually lead to seeing this information everywhere, including the United States. And you know what this reminds me of there mm -hmm. uh, from a few years ago? Where a couple of states um, put in that one law that requires fast food companies to display what the calorie intake is. Oh, yeah, it does kind of. And it affected, it basically affected the entire United States because everybody put up, or for every state, rather than making one set of menu or whatever, one set of whatever, they just decided just, okay, fine, we'll just show it all throughout the United States. Yeah, and then instead of going up to um, McDonald's and being like, I'll have a Big Mac, you go to McDonald's, look at the calories and be like, ugh, I'll have a Big Mac. <laughs> right. I'm so disgusting, I'm going to eat this. Yeah, delicious. you're going to do it anyway. You're just going to feel worse about it, but it doesn't stop you. No, I, I agree, but but I I do think that a little bit of transparency is warranted in these things. Just because we, we've seen the drop rates and, and it, it's so inconsistent. And it, it, it just, it, it adds another, another level of communication that these companies haven't been having. And, and I personally believe that this is actually one of those laws that makes sense with regards to gaming. It, it, I, I, I play a game to play the game and not to gamble. If I wanted to gamble, I'll go to Sugar House Casino in Philly. Was that a plug? <laughs> I mean, sure. So anyway, um, <laughs> Vicarious Visions is officially announced with Destiny. What about that? David, you are terrible at segues. But sure, Vicarious Visions officially announced. Uh, Kotaku reported this back in September, Jason Schreier. And so I, the only thing that, that stands out is the timing. They decided to announce it all of a sudden. We've already known that High Moon Studios was involved in Destiny 2, 
But just the fact that they announced Vicarious Visions all out of nowhere, that seems kind of weird. You don't just announce that all out of nowhere. In addition to that, there was a a new executive producer that joined in. And he previously worked on Dragon Age and various other games. And with regards to Vicarious Visions, if I'm not mistaken, they're the ones that worked on the... The new upcoming Crash Bandicoot updates, uh, or remake, I'm sorry, and Skylanders. So We get little characters now, yay. I actually would be okay with that if I had a hunter that I could, you know, switch the, the cape on. You know, I'd be like, no, that's awesome, that's dope. But that's just me. Um, but, I, I, yeah, it just, it sticks out that they n- announced it, but I'm not sure why. Well, what yeah, do you mean, I mean you don't know why? I don't understand why you have... I, I'm, I think he's saying he doesn't understand the timing, right? Well, he, like, like I mentioned, they, they, Kotaku already reported back in September that Vicarious Visions had been working alongside Bungie and High Moon Studios on Destiny 2. So this information has already been out there for quite some time. In fact, I, I think they had it even before that. So the, to all of a sudden announce Vicarious Visions is working alongside Bungie on Destiny content. It seems kind of weird. Like, I mean, why? Um, they didn't make a huge deal about it, though. And it's not the, the information isn't truly out there. If Kotaku is saying this is happening, it, it's most likely true, especially with Bungie. There's been a really good track record, but um it's it's not truly out there until Bungie comes forth and says it, so they had to say it eventually if it was true. I mean, they were releasing a ton of stuff this week with the dawning and such, so maybe they thought it was a great idea. Interestingly, speaking of that, where what you just mentioned, um, they mentioned that High Moon Studios, more specifically, oh, what is her name? I actually wrote it down. So. Anyway... Uh, uh, some an employee at High Moon Studios designed the Titan armor. Priscilla Landerer. Thank you, her. I apologize, Miss Priscilla Landerer from High Moon Studios. But yeah, she she created the Titan armor for the uh, dawning event. And actually, let's talk about that real quick because the Hunter armor looks so badass. Dude, this is the first time recently i've seen an armor set and i'm like huh yeah i think i'm gonna rock that whole thing dude i want that hunter armor so bad it just makes me want to build a snowman and we went off the deep end thank <laughs> you people for listening to this one. yeah uh, well i think it looks I, good i i agree that the new armor sets are they look great they're different which is good um i we like different we like new so it's good to see something that changes up and isn't something recycled, at least not too much. It doesn't appear to be. So I'm excited. It's, it's definitely excited not it. definitely not reskinned armor, that's for sure. Yeah. But here's the thing, I do kinda have a problem with the Titan armor, and not so much the armor itself, only the helmet. Because it looks almost identical to the Hunter helmet. Eh. Yeah, take 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 a look at it. Like the Hunter helmet and the Titan helmet are almost identical. They have the same horn. The Hunter helmet has little additional horn in the middle. And some looks like teardrops like, on the side. Like earrings hanging from their horns. Right. 
but other than that, it, it looks almost completely identical. Yeah, nah, they you gave are, the they right gave the Titan big ears. Stick out, make it look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they did though. If you look at just look at the Titan and think elf ears, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what we're doing there. This is like a return to Skolas. It it still looks it's like a mini airplane. Yeah, it still looks similar. It, it actually it, looks like the hunter is wearing a tiny hat on top of his helmet. It kind of does. If you you're look right. at the photo of him from behind, especially, it looks like he's wearing a tiny. <laughs> it does, like hat a teeny little cowboy helmet. hat or something. I I now I now love the hunter <laughs> helmet as well. It, it looks like he took like the little Woody hat from Woody Toys and stuck it on top of his head. It does. I really want that hunter cloak. That cloak looks sexy. So, so while we're talking about this, because we kind of skipped over it when we were talking about the dawning update, you know, how about uh, SRL coming back? We never mentioned that. Oh, yeah. well, we talked <laughs> well, about I was, that previously. I was going to hope to talk about SRL during the Crucible Corner section, since it's technically Crucible. Mm. Okay, how about strike scoring? Because we we also forgot that one. I mean, we we discussed this last week. Stri- yeah. Strike scoring is cool. We I did? Just, uh, yeah. Briefly. We don't have all of oh, the yeah, we did. details oh, quite yet. Man. So David, come on, man. I know, dude. I mean, come on. Come on. I may be Wow. Am I ignorant or uh, don't answer that. Did they come out yes. with any additional details for the strike scoring since last episode? They um, just mentioned that have... there's a whole bunch of medals. And right. I think they, they mentioned fifty different medals that were added into strike scoring that's cool yeah so. people people who played it talked about it it's and i mean the general uh info is like your score works together you work mm-hmm. to earn certain levels of score essentially i think it's like gold's the highest level you're going for right. um yellow bars give you more points right and and Basically, it's 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 an advanced version of the scoring that they had for uh, Challenge of Elders. I just think it's really cool that at the bottom, it like or on on the screen, it gives you an indication when you've reached that milestone. Like it, it you'll hear like a boom, silver level reach, boom, gold level reach. So there, there's a notification there rather than having to always go into. Uh, just check your sigil or whatever they're going to be using. I'm not sure exactly what it is. That it's it's going to be there's an audio and a visual cue in game as you're playing. I don't, That's really really cool. I don't know if there is a sigil from from what I've heard about it. It's just kind of like you just play and the strikes now have scores. And um, I mean I'm sure the the nightfall bounty or whatever from Zavala has like is like a sigil style, but I, I think that. It's just you get score from doing strikes. I don't think it's sigil style. And um, the one thing I'm okay with the most about it is now people who run through it will kind of be punished because they won't get a higher score. I don't know if they'll care, but I don't know. I, I like taking strikes slow and killing every single enemy. I I like killing everything just because I'm a glimmer whore. And I like seeing 25,000. That's not the like- only type of whore you are. I know. And I'm a Jorge. <laughs> anyway. Jokes. Um, no, I'm just, I'm very, very excited for the dying. Even though there's nothing new outside of the, the dawning event itself, 
even SRL, technically it's not all that new. I'm really excited for the quality of life improvements, and I just think it's going to be a fun little thing. It's way bigger than I thought it would be, and that that's what impresses me. And I think the strike scoring is going to be pretty fun. And I just, I hope, I really hope that they make the Nightfall next week Nexus. That's all I'm saying. This coming Tuesday, if I don't see Nexus for the Nightfall, I'll be pretty sad. I think you're the only person who truly missed that strike. I thought it was a very fun strike. It, it, no matter what, where you chose to be at, whether you chose to be up top with that those random uh, minotaurs that spawned every so often, whether you chose to be in the... There's a special glitch spot that you could jump up into, uh, but you have to jump into it the right way, and you could just shoot the Nexus from cover, or whether you wanted to do the strike the real way and run around the bottom and clear out mobs and stuff. There's a lot of, it was just a fun strike that had a lot of different things that were very, very cool. Very, very fun. I always hang out on, there's like one of the platforms with ramps up to it that I would always hang out on. A lot of people didn't know about that. There's a little cave in the back. You can't hit anything that you can go in there to like recover your health, but you could just go in the little cave in the back and then you could jump out and shoot things and then go back into the cave and be a complete wimp. Sounds like where you were hiding. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I actually did not know about that cave. I knew about the cheese spot that you mentioned where you jump up. You got to find that tiny little ledge and then you can jump up to the top and right. sort of hide a little bit. But you still have to clear ads off to the sides a little bit because they can snipe you. Um, they can, but it, it yeah. wasn't that big. No, it was. It made it pretty easy. I always, whenever I played, it always seemed like someone was jumping up there, and then the rest of us would run around like idiots. <laughs> whenever I played, it seems like I was always jump down and be ready for action, and then everybody else would stay up top with icebreaker, and I'd be like, "Crap! All the ads are coming for me." All right. So yeah, um, with that, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Masho's button? Well. Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about, and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And with that, we head into David's favorite corner. The Crucible Corner. All right, David, go ahead and talk about the matchmaking patch notes. Uh, well, with the matchmaking patch notes, we got a, a nice direct quote for you. So I'll, I'll read this one um, straight off. They said, we've made a change to the matchmaking system in an effort to increase match quality. Our specific goal is to reduce the number of matches that begin before they fill up with players. To achieve this, we are expanding the available skill range for other players earlier and more aggressively. We will also be looking for lower latency matches for longer than before. Essentially, this puts a stronger bias on connection quality with less emphasis on skill matching. This may result in slightly longer matchmaking times in some cases. For some of you, this could mean that you'll be matched with opponents well outside of your skill range. We hope the trade-off is worth it to improve the Crucible ecosystem in general. As always, our work in designing a Crucible experience that serves all players is never finished. Be sure to let us know what your experience out there, blah, blah, blah. Tell them what you want. They've gotten a ton of feedback already. Yeah, they did. So. 
with that, let's go ahead and talk about Iron Banner and our impressions with Iron Banner. Um, because that ties into the matchmaking patch notes for us. Um, so Tuesday when Iron Banner came out, this patch has not hadn't been live yet. The patch went into effect on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. And that's when the changes really started taking place on Tuesday and Wednesday. Wow, was it was it was interesting to say the least, but it, it was manageable. Um, and then the patch went live on Thursday, and my personal experience, whether I'm alone or with a group, has been when they're green bar, it is a really really fun experience when there's a single red bar it is by far the most frustrating experience ever that's the when it when it shows red they mean red bar it, it used to be red bar was they would at least cooperate throughout the match maybe there maybe there'd be a slight delay but this on this one the red bars mean that they're really red bar well um, so I kind of have the same experience. I mean, Tuesday and Wednesday was pretty brutal. Um, but in general, when I go into Iron Banner, I'm always finding a little more lag and a little bigger skill gap than I do in regular Crucible. And that could just be population size. Who knows? But, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, it was just kind of that normal Iron Banner feeling, um, a couple of yellows or a red in every single game. You know, it's it's frustrating, but I'm playing Iron Banner, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, come Thursday, I've actually had a really good experience with this. Um, it's been basically all green bars. I played for like four hours one day with all green bars. It was fantastic. Granted, this was me only playing with people who live right by me. I was playing with uh, my uncle and some close uh close proximity friends to me so it it was all green bars except for my one friend who has a terrible connection and he would hit a red bar which um makes me think that when you are having people hit red bars it's a either because they're tagged on with someone or b because they just have terrible internet and are still close to you and their new matchmaking system is using proximity to your server essentially to as part of it but, like you said, when there are red bars now, they are really red bars. And after this update, it was last night, so Friday night, or sorry, Saturday night. We're recording on Sunday this week. Um, there were some really bad games, one of which <laughs> I classified as the worst lag I've ever experienced in Destiny, and maybe it was just the fact that we were playing Riff that emphasized this, but there were some fun things that happened. First off, there was a point where we had the spark, but they had the spark, because we had the spark, we're running it, and I'm going to clear out the spark area, and all of a sudden, I see someone on their team with the spark, and I shoot him a couple times, he starts running into a wall, disappears, and then 20 seconds later, it's like, enemy spark runner down. Uh, okay. Well, that, okay, maybe that, maybe that was just a fluke, right? <laughs> That's not that bad. Well, then we were winning and we started losing because this one dude who had hair in his name, I forget what the name was, but he had hair in it. And he'd pick up the spark and we'd start looking for him and then he'd score. 
And we were like, what? We were all standing around the spark. Like, where did, where'd he come from? And this dude, oh my God, I have never seen the teleportation levels that this guy was achieving. Yeah, that's the guy that teleported. I was, I had spawned in, started going towards the spark. And then all of a sudden I was dead to a fist of havoc. I never, I never saw him visually. I never saw him on my radar, but somehow he killed me and I didn't see him afterwards. Yeah, just so that everybody's aware, these are our own personal experiences, not totally representative of the the patch. I will say this, when, when there are green bars or yellow bars, it is a very, very smooth experience and I have very, very little issues. But it seems like they made, when they show you that red bar, that's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They are, they are solid bars yeah but the one thing i have seen too is a lot of those red bars they'll be in the match for a little bit and then all of a sudden i want to say halfway through a lot of them get kicked out they just they because they don't have connection bam they're they're gone and i've i've had a lot of matches where it was really close and there were probably some scenarios where the red bar collecting the spark made it a lot easier for them or whatever it was and then the second they get booted out we just completely molly them it was just completely yep molly wop writing that down oh my god <laughs> yeah I, before the patch i noticed I, I, I was experiencing again this is my personal experience um i was experiencing what i call the faux green bars because I would go into matches occasionally and I would see yes. a lot of green bars and all green bars, but I would obviously be experiencing lag, kills registering late, damage not registering, uh, you know, with, or damage registering late. And uh, that seems to have stopped post patch. Um, and so I agree, like, the, there's definitely a difference, um, but the red bar experience, I'm not going to go into it. We just did, but yeah, it's the red bar experience got worse when it, happens but luckily it doesn't seem to be happening nearly as much right. and i will say uh playing last night we had people who were spread out all over the country playing together so that could have made an emphasis on it and um i feel like in general if you're playing it is a better experience playing alone i found it to be a much much better experience and i personally have seen a big difference with the skill-based emphasis um, when I'm playing alone, especially, it suddenly is a much, much more relaxed, relaxed game. It's not and as that, sweaty. It's it's not, and that could just be the skill bracket I'm in. But it, whew, like, I went from having to play the meta and struggling to keep between like a, a one three and a one five to all of a sudden I'm hitting like. 30 to 40 kill rift games every single time with like a 4k d and like i'm having no no trouble keeping over a two and at at that point it, it does kind of make me feel bad because uh, when i was playing with my uncle the other day he is not as skilled with um crucible he's not bad he's just not as skilled and he has also seen a difference in the fact that he's now being um kind of molly whopped in jorge's words more but um <laughs> it's it still comes down to um those people in 
the lower percentage won't always play the people in the upper percentage and the people in the upper percentage won't always play the people in the lower percentage, but it does seem to be like whatever they did to the matchmaking, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple good experiences and then one absolutely horrible experience playing Iron Banner Rift solo. It's, it's definitely, yeah, again, it's definitely different. Yeah. And, and because of, of the game type, it's a, it's tougher to do on on your own. I'm not saying it's impossible. I soloed it's a tougher game, a game mode actually. to go in. I basically soloed. I soloed a game. I I went on for two games. Won both of them solo, and I I basically on one of the matches. This is Iron Banner Rift again. I pretty much soloed the game. I I just grabbed the rift every time, blinked, slammed it, killed a couple guys, and repeated like three times, and then we mercyed them. But um, the previous welcome to my life when I play with you guys. <laughs> yeah but but i got i I got whooped on um when i did solo earlier in the week i think it was before patch though so i don't know Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to compare because i haven't actually played a whole lot of crucible this past week but just enough to get a feel for the difference yeah it's it's been good overall thumbs up Uh, i i i think the patch is good but Again, th- there's no way to truly solve the matchmaking situation, especially with Red Bar Warriors, until they either update the netcode with Destiny 2 or introduce skill base, um, not skill base, uh, introduce um, dedicated servers with Destiny 2. So basically, we're running on the best possible settings that we have for the game right now. Um, we don't have any solid information on what's going on with regards to the uh, to the matchmaking, but our initial impressions are that it's a much a much more consistent experience now than it has been in quite a while. I think another big positive to take out of this too, which is just kind of a peripheral thing, is uh, this is what the community asked for. The community asked for more connection based, and they gave it to us. Uh, which means, hey, maybe the next weapons update could be pretty promising. Yeah. Right? I hope it's promising. Right? It needs a little bit of work, but overall things seem pretty good. And um, cannons back on top. The and community you, asking for this, though, I don't. were you guys reading some of the posts on Reddit and such? It seemed like people... The majority of people were asking for this change, and then after it happened, and now that it's in place seems like there's a lot of people or i guess it's just the vocal people complaining that oh the top one percenters got what they wanted again type of thing um that's sort of i get the argument that doesn't and, seem to and, be true <laughs> it seemed like it, it's the vocal minority I, 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 now that are speaking up here's like it it definitely was the top one percent that were were asking for this connection uh connection style and you should never cater the game or make changes to the game that will only affect the one percent, because. And, and if to be honest, I was not totally in favor of the change, just because it's it's you're not, you're never going to solve the issue. You're either going to create more issues, or you're you're the the, the what you're solving. Or trying to solve is unsolvable with the current system. You, you, there's no way around it. We have to wait for for Destiny Two for the for the more optimal experience. This is a game that was designed for PlayStation Three, and 
Xbox 360. It's upscaled for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. That's basically what the game is. We're running on a, a game that was designed for systems since back in 2006. So there's there's very little... 10 years... Uh, 10 years ago? It is 10 years ago. Damn. Um, there's there's very little that can be done when you've designed... The, and, and, and people will say, well, Call of Duty ran fine. It's like, yeah, well... Not everything's Call of Duty. Like, we, n- not everybody has the, the network or, or 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 has an established franchise like Call of Duty. Call of Duty came from a background of multiplayer. There's there was a lot of multiplayer there, and when they finally designed Modern Warfare, like because of all that experience with multiplayer, they had something better designed for that. With regards to Destiny, yes, they did have Halo. But it wasn't a continuation. This isn't a continuation of Halo. They had to design something from the ground up. They didn't have Microsoft's backing. They had they had to design everything from ground up. And because of the philosophy of the game, it's a completely different animal than Halo ever was. So, it, it, just using that, I can I can see why the game came out the way it did with regards to matchmaking. So, um, giving my two cents on this little subtopic. The thing with the 1% argument is, well, the 1% may have started the connection-based thing, and there were some outside the 1% that wanted it, like me. I'm outside the 1%. I want connection-based because I just, I like connection better. Even if I was getting, like, destroyed, if I was getting destroyed with a good connection by people better than me, then it'd be much better than people teleporting and nothing I can do about it. But, um... What I think happened was, and this happens a lot in communities like this, is the 1% said something. The 1% was like, we want connection-based. We want this, this. And then the next like 20% that is pretty vocal, not as vocal as the 1%, but pretty vocal was like, yeah, like the, the best dudes are saying they want it. Like we want it too. Like give it to us. Come on. And then they gave it. And then the people who aren't in the top 1% all of a sudden started getting killed because they're not versing people their skill level anymore. And they're like, hey, uh, I don't want this anymore. I'm not doing as good as I used to, which sucks. But hey, maybe it'll help you get better. So there's a positive there. And you won't verse people in the top 1% every game. I, I don't know how many times like this argument has to be made in the community, but there's a reason why it's the 1%. It's because there's 99% that isn't it. So the majority of the time you will play the 99%. You're not going to play Lumi every game just because you have connection-based matchmaking now. For all you know, you could live on the opposite side of the country from Lumi and will never play him ever. So just keep that in mind. Um, if, if you're dying, just focus on what the people killing you are doing and use it to learn. You could learn from people your skill level as well, but th- this can help you even more. I say that with a very optimistic tune but you know be open to it uh, obviously bungie's not going to change the matchmaking again three days to later so you gotta live with this now for at least a few weeks yeah and i think we all realize that not everyone playing the game is doing it to be ultra competitive and sweaty but you know it it's still in the crucible it's player versus player it is a competitive environment and even if you're going in there to be casual and just have fun um you know i, I don't see any problem or any reason why you shouldn't try to improve your skill when doing so because ultimately if you improve your skill you have more fun i've done that over the past couple months 
you know, I, I, I was hard at the crucible and over the past couple of months, I decided, Hey, you know what? I'm actually going to try and pay attention to what I'm doing. And I'm not like doing homework and watching tape, you know, at night trying to get better at the crucible. I'm just playing more and thinking about it a little bit. I'm not, I'm not stressing myself out about it. And it does, it, it, it's more fun. Now I have fun. I can mess around and play. I can change my play style up when I want to. And yeah, I think if, uh, if everyone's getting a better experience with the connections and can now just focus on having fun and getting better, I think overall the experience will be better for everyone. Yeah. And I think the one thing that this, um, that the matchmaking debacle has pointed out is more just the imbalance of the game because the main complaint from people who were in the higher brackets was, oh my God, it's super meta heavy. I have to play the meta. And that just points out the balance issues where you have to use one thing to be at the best possible like ableness to play, which is a, a, a fundamental problem with the balance of Destiny right now. But yeah, you know, you're right. It's all about having fun whether having fun for you is winning or having fun for you is using whatever gun you want and chilling like this does give people more of a chance to have fun and that is what i think is a positive for destiny all right david uh why don't you you go ahead and talk about trials of osiris this week okay well trials of osiris this week is on shores of time which has never been a trials map before it has been playable in the elimination game mode and it's it's kind of weird for um trials mainly because there's essentially two sides of the map and you see this anytime you play this map in any game mode you have seaside which is um in the back by jungle side and then you have the um a side which is kind of the cave area with like the ponds openings and cliff side and you essentially just see teams staying on their side of the map it's slow i mean people try and play it fast but if if you try and play it fast against a team that's slow you're probably gonna lose if you play it fast against another team playing it fast like then you know you'll have a good game but at the same time that's only if you go to the same entryway because there's like four main ways to get to each side of the map i mean you can just guard them all three lanes are essentially guarded by standing in on the left side of the map and then three lanes are guarded if you stand on the right side of the map so it's a weird map. It's slow. There's a lot of camping. Um, the flag is very uneven. It spawns way too close to the A side spawn. So the A side team basically can get flag control really fast and just hang out by it, which I've seen a lot. Um, yeah, it's a weird trials map. I'm not sure it was the right choice. I think they chose it because it's never been trials, but just because a map has never been trials doesn't mean it has to be trials. Um, first light. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my whole thing for trials this week. It's just kind of a it's it's normal. It's a weird map choice, but I mean it's you can still make it fun. If you like camping, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean for me, we've already discussed this before. I I like that map for clash, but I'm not a fan of that map for control or you know what? I like that map for Clash, and I like that map for uh, Salvage. That I actually love Salvage, um, and I think it fits well with regards to Salvage because it because of how uneven it is, and every single spot you have to defend it very differently. So that because of that, I like 
salvage works best on maps like that where it's very where every single spot it's uneven and, and it's different and you have to you have to work that area differently um but for for stuff such as control and elimination when you run into basically giant walls and you're at a standoff where you where basically three steps and all of a sudden you're in a Mexican standoff that's not a good situation for Charles Osiris so I, I'm not a fan of that map for those game types, and to hear you seeing the seeing these things again doesn't surprise me because it fits into how the map has always been. And and it's 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 weird because it's actually one of my favorite maps in the game for Clash and for uh, Salvage, but it's not because of the way the map works. It's not. It's it's so weird. Where you can clearly get a gigantic advantage. You could turn... Like, for example... I did Shores of Time... When Iron Banner was controlled. And we were down by... 6,000, 7,000 points. And because we were able to get the seaside... I believe that's the, the, the side... The good side. Yeah, you're thinking Where seaside. you have clear visual on B from... From East Jablip. And you're just clearing it out from... from from the jungles, we turned that seven thousand point uh, deficit into a three thousand point surplus, and we won the game very, very easily. It, it, it it's amazing how controlling one side of the map just immediately turns the fortune for you for most teams. So, and I know this is Trials of Osiris. So you're not really talking about you know a spot, b spot, c spot, but the similar concepts. If you control one side, you control the game. Any thoughts, Jordan? Um, in regards to the map this week, no, uh, I, I haven't played trials this week and I've never played it on this map, but, uh, the points that Jorge makes, uh, I definitely agree with because I've done salvage and such on that map and clash on the map. Definitely. And I can see, and now David, you you were talking about how the the flag would spawn in a certain area on shores of time, sort of closer to the A flag. And based on that, it sounds like that would be a very unbalanced trials map. So, uh, sort of glad I didn't play. <laughs> All right, and with that, we bring back an old segment: messages from the reef. This is the section where you, the audience. Get involved with us here at In Orbit. And again, we ask that everyone please send messages to us. You can always get us at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. We have a couple emails that I want to get to. Um, and a big shout out to Edison Souza, or Edson Souza, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing there, from Brazil. And his question is, do you believe that the dawning could be a test from Bungie to adopt this format of periodic content over the next months until Destiny 2 arrives. Um, I think they've already kind of been testing it with the live team events, and this is more a, a greater scale live team event. Now, I don't know if that's because they have High Moon Studios and stuff working with them now that they've been able to put out a greater scale live team event. You also have to remember that Last year, the live team put together SRL. Well, this year, they already had SRL in place, so they get to add to it with their time. Um, 
But I do think that this is what we will see in the future. Uh, there seems to be a lot of talk from Activision that they, with Destiny 2, they want consistent content being dropped over and over and over again. And I think it will come in this style because I don't think we'll be getting a raid every three months or anything like that. But if we got this um, every two months or so, month or two months, and then um, a raid every six months, I'd be perfectly okay with that for the rest of Destiny's life. Yeah, for, for me, I know this is going to sound intense, but the game should not have anything less than 10 strikes per year and at least two raids a year. Like, th that's serious content, I know, but it, 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 it just seems like when you, for example, this year, the only strike that we got that was new was uh the wretched eye and then we got two remade strikes and while they were fun like you you could tell i'm doing the same thing i did over again so i'm just hoping that with regards to the future that they make a serious investment in the strikes or at least do something different with regards to items such as that to encourage just just more balanced gameplay because Doing strikes over and over and over and over and over again. Just, especially when it's the same ones that you've done already. Yeah, that's a little, that's that's rough. Yeah, recycling content, the reducing the amount of recycled content moving forward is definitely something that will uh, improve the quality of life for the game overall. Yeah, I, mean, I don't mind recycled content every so often. And what I mean by that is this. Imagine if like a, a couple of years down the line, we're in Destiny 2.5 or whatever it is, and they decided to bring back a version of Sepix Prime. And let's say that we never had this remake right now. Like we'd be like, oh, yo, we're going back and doing the Sepix Prime. Yo, cool. Like, like that, that, like some sort of something like that down the line is cool. But when we get it, that's more of a throwback, later. though. That's yeah, that, different. that's, that's like different a, than what they've been doing. And and and, and but that's how it should be. It, yeah. Not everything should be like two years later. All of a sudden, we get the Sepix Prime strike again, right? But that's that's so different because if you think about it, right now the game's still new, so we can't really have a throwback. Like we can have throwbacks now to year one, but that's still not that much of a throwback. Versus if it was like Destiny two point five, which is say two three years from now. Then you can be like, oh, throwback Sepkits. Sepkits. Sepics. Sepkits. I'm stuck. I Sepics. literally. No, here's I the thing. I will destroy you. Here's the thing. Side note from what I'm saying. I'm on a tangent. I can't not say Sepkits now because I was saying it to annoy people when when Rise of Iron came out and I kept saying Sepkits to annoy people. I can't not say it now. But <laughs> but anyway. Um, I curse you with three days of diarrhea. Oh. What? That's terrible. H hurry That's up so with your mean. point. I'm, anyway, you're annoying but, me. Um, this that's different than what we've had because by campers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what we had right now is just oh, we're gonna add scoring to strikes. We're gonna add scoring to challenge of elders, which is basically just like we're gonna take something that we gave you six months ago and update it. Okay, well that that's what they can do for now. I'm happy with like the scoring in strikes that's coming and stuff, but. We can't have throwbacks yet. When we can have throwbacks, that'll be cool. But I think in general, we just need consistent new content coming out, whether it's small, whether it's events like 
the dawning, which I think nothing should be smaller than what's coming with the dawning. This is a great size for a live event, in my opinion. But whether it's this or bigger, like they add three new strikes instead of three revamped strikes. I don't know how much they're going to be able to produce for Destiny 2, what they're gearing up to go. But um, they do need to keep content consistent. So just to, to, to add a little clarity, this, this, this stuff that we're talking about isn't for the current product. Uh, we're talking about for the future, obviously. This is for Destiny 2. Um, so let's go to the next question. And this question comes from Will Stefan. Is Bungie letting their server maintenance slip in favor of other priorities? I work for a tech company. And it's a very real thing that when you don't keep track of every little thing your servers are doing, you will see a drastic slip in their ability to produce. Could they be pulling maintenance folks off of these current servers to establish Destiny 2 servers? They could be. And um, you would know more than me if they are, I guess, because I really don't know that much about it. But I haven't really noticed too many problems with Destiny servers. And when there have been problems, they've seemed to get it fixed relatively quick. So I would hope they're not letting their Destiny 1 servers go to crap just yet. But who knows? They could be. Yeah, I hope they're not. But I also hope that they're pouring a lot of resources into Destiny 2 right now. Well, g given the latest patch, I don't think it's it's most it's it's a server thing. Uh, I do believe that they've they are working on optimizing the engine and optimizing whatever matchmaking settings that they have based on information from Destiny One for Destiny Two. Um, I I don't think that they're just letting it slip, but I do understand why you you're, you're thinking that. Especially when you get into a match with Red Bar, um, Red Bar Warriors, but that's not really the matchmaking as much as it is the. And this is just my opinion. This is a, this is a theory, not okay, not really an opinion, but a theory. Um, that because of the player pool and the second when when you select, oh, I want to play now. Well, yes, other people are playing at the same time, but they may have been playing at an earlier time, like a couple minutes before. It's kind of like when you have that one random friend that jumps in the party that is playing Iron Banner and wants to jump in your fire team, but then like you're in the middle of, of your own, own game, like they can't join. Think of it like that just around the world. So it, because people are queuing in at different times. And when it tries to draw from people, there's nobody available. So then it gets the next person up. And they may be, say, in New Zealand while everybody else is in the United States. So th that's why you run into situations like that. That's just what I think is happening, where you're, you're queuing up at different times. And yes, while there are people available, people that are available are already doing something. And that available pair of players, the ones that are there, are much smaller. So um, that's just what I think is happening. Uh, I, the connections and the matchmaking and such, uh, if they were starting to uh, maintain the Destiny 1 servers less or, or if they were starting to take resources away from Destiny 1 servers, uh, I think we would see it in the form of more error codes getting booted from the game more often, not necessarily have effect on matchmaking. Um, I haven't necessarily been booted 
more than normal. I don't get booted very often. I have a good connection myself. Um, and on Destiny's side, I haven't seen much difference over the past couple months or six months or so, uh, or greater uh, in regards to getting booted and error codes. So it seems like they're doing a good job with maintaining their servers from my uh, limited perspective. All right, um, let's go ahead and go to the next question. This next question comes to us across the pond from Mr. Tom Brand. And his question is, for Destiny 2, which elements of Destiny, as in Destiny 1, would you like to see imported and which ones dropped and which ones should be introduced? So basically, what do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? And what do you want to bring in? Oh, he says he personally wants Grimoire, Emblems, Shaders, and Exotics carried over. And he's probably okay with Legendary Weapons and Armor being made redundant. And he would like new classes introduced. In games such as WoW and Borderlands, new classes and characters have joined the world and proven an effective way to advance the story narrative, as well as encouraging new game mechanics. Well, um... This, I could take like an hour and a half to answer this. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like a whole <laughs> other episode. Um, so my quick answer. Um, I want all gear gone. Um, as much as I love some of it, including like my baby, the last word. Um, I want a fresh start. Whether it be, I don't know. I, it's not that I hate what we have. It's just I want a fresh start in Destiny 2. Even if it's with the same character, I want them to find a story story narrative to explain story. away story. I want a story narrative to explain away why my stuff is gone, whether it be the tower being destroyed or something. Who knows? But um, get rid of all of our stuff if we have Devon to. Had some gas that blew up the tower. Yeah, that that'd be fine. <laughs> sorry, I mean, guardians. Um, if it if I have to have a new character to make this work, I'm okay with that. I'll take a new character. Um, my one main character is pretty ugly anyway. Um, I want to keep the general crucible feel. I want to keep the general feel of strikes. Um, raids are awesome. The feel of destiny should stay. I don't want it to change that much. What, well, making it feel cleaner and stuff might be good. Um, I like the way destiny feels, so I want that. Um, he said, what were some of the other things he had talked about? Classes. Um, I want classes to stay. I want additional ones added. That's kind of what WoW does. I don't want to get rid of like the Blade Dancer, Night Stalker, Gunslinger style. I think we should just add to it if we're going to. Um, like maybe give an additional subclass or two to each type of character. Maybe add a fourth type of person. Add a, I don't know. I don't know what they'd call it, but add a fourth type of character you can play. Maybe give people fourth characters so my week becomes even more overbearingly crowded. But, um, yeah, that's my quick answer. I, I'd have to think about this one long and hard to, to give a full answer. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> long and hard. Anyway. Just the way you like it. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny the... Uh, Anyway, God damn. All right. As for my thoughts on this, a lot of the things that you, you that he mentioned right there, the Grimoire. I actually want to see Grimoire score kind of you know play a bigger bigger part, but that's just me because I'm I'm weird like that. It'd be cool if there were areas that you could only access if 
this is going to sound Super Mario 64-ish, but if you have to have a certain amount of grimoire to reach a certain area, like, oh, I open up a door and I can go in there and go up the... That'd be kind of a cool way of them doing like a PvE lighthouse. Exactly. Um, Emblems are really cool. I, I want them to expand on emblems, even provide live wallpaper style emblems or animated emblems. You know, when you look at them, they're, they're kind of moving around. They have some sort of effects. Shaders. GIF meme emblems. <laughs> yes, GIF meme emblems. The, the, uh, the O'Reilly bird shows up as an emblem. Anyway, um, what I kind of want to see go away are the old stuff, as, as David mentioned. And what I want to see introduced in the game is just... I, I want to say more strikes that are that are kind of like Wretched Eye, where they're, they're, it's not basically using a patrol area. I want it to be like an actual dungeon, like you're going into an area that you cannot access on patrol. And when me and David were playing Elder Scrolls Online, all these dungeons are really cool. There's tons of bosses and stuff, and this, this is all in an area that you cannot access when you're out on the world. Like going from doing quests or whatever. Like you're going into an area that is strictly for the dungeon. And the, a lot of these strikes don't don't offer that. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's hard because I'm, I'm not sure exactly where they want to go with Destiny 2 to really answer this question. But that's just what I think. What about you, Jordan? I have notes in regards to what I want to see. For Destiny 2, what I want to bring over, what I want to get rid of, and what new things I want to introduce. So this is a hard question for me to answer briefly because I want to do a lot more with this subject, obviously. But So David, um, get comfortable is basically what he's saying. Uh, look, <laughs> give me a second. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it short and sweet. Uh, cosmetic items, bring, bring some of those over. Uh, get rid of weapons and gear. And I, I want to see... Uh, some changes, uh, the Grimoire score, uh, making some sort of a in-game impact, or on top of just a little uh, ticker at the bottom of your screen popping up, would be awesome. And then you know, just uh, I, one of the things I really want to see is some sort of expansion on social spaces, making them different and maybe uh, just doing more with them, make them more interactive. Uh, I don't know. We need to make social spaces huge again. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. The best social space you've ever seen in your life. Huge. It's going to be huge. That's, uh, that's that all I'll say. That was a terrible impersonation. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I personally... Never mind. I'm not... Let's, let's move on. That's all I wanted to say on the... Uh, Basically, the you gave us an episode. Thank you. It's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be a huge episode three hours. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to be the Destiny 2 president. Oh, wait, what? Okay, next question. We're moving on. We're done yeah, with this. We're, we're moving on. Um, well, the, no, the next one isn't really a question as much as discussion of the episode before Thanksgiving where we were talking about um, the matchmaking and how it affects how we reacted to it. Um, so let's see. 
Last week's show, you, the host of the In Orbit podcast, were especially harsh on Bungie, yet you don't know enough to make such um, such a statement, i.e. the you-know-nothing Jon Snow syndrome. You don't know the player pool size, you don't know the skill level within each pool, you do not know the article you were reacting to included teams or just individual players. Um, there's a lot of stuff he mentions, so let's just skim through stuff. Um, and in other words, as, as I said, you, we have the you don't you know nothing, Jon Snow, and certainly not enough to call um, bullshit on Bungie on Bungie's statement. All you know is the, your own perception of the matchmaking connections and time in orbit, and you completely failed to discuss the one piece of hard information Bungie provided. Uh, the damage sampling rate of 30 hertz and activity sampling rate of 10 hertz. Um, I understand that Masha's buttons claims to be to be no punches pulled, but since you took that stance, you were obligated to get facts and not just opinions before calling them uh, calling BS or liar. So I want to respond with regards to that email. Respond. Um, I, respond. I got this. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Got this. So with regards to that email, the with regards to the sampling rate and the uh, the thirty hertz and ten hertz, I didn't think that they were important enough because in a in a solid game, uh, the response of damage and the response of, uh, for example, ammo popping up shouldn't cut, become a factor at a certain point. It should just feel right and it should just be responsive. Um, when things aren't responsive, there's no real need to talk about the numbers. You just go by, go about the experience. And, and in the end, that's all that matters is the experience. You can give all these different numbers and it mean and to, to certain people, it means a lot or it means nothing, but to talk about those numbers doesn't really give a lot of information to a great majority of the audience that's listening. So I understand why why you wanted us to discuss those numbers. Uh, you may be one person who who enjoys more of the the cold hard facts, the, the numbers and and stuff. But I didn't think it was going to be as beneficial to the audience as as talking about what we see, what we perceive to be um, with regards to the Crucible. In regards to calling bullshit on Bungie, um, I actually went back and listened to the episode, and I know who did it, David. Um, That's why I want to respond. Yes, so I, I'll go ahead and let go ahead and, and, and respond. Okay, so here's my thing. Like you said, um, the the facts part um, that is part of the game where the game should feel right, and if there's a problem with that, then there's a huge problem. And like you said, it doesn't really seem like we need to talk about that because we've said time and time again that we love how this game feels. This game feels great. And that falls into the game feeling great category. So that's why we didn't really touch on that. With regards to me calling BS, um, one, it was more of a joke. Um, I wasn't necessarily saying that Bungie is flat out lying to us. Well, um, it's, it was more, and I said this in the episode, it's more, I feel this is not working how they want it to work. It, well, they're, they're telling us one thing and that's not what we're getting as our experience, which I stand by that. What they said did not match up with the experience that the majority of the community, or at least the vocal community seemed to be saying they were getting. 
And I think it's even even more evident now because now they're like, oh, well, um, we told you that it really wasn't that skill based, but turns out it was. So now we're going to make it connection based. Oh, now we're seeing a difference. Okay, so yes, I called BS and maybe it wasn't the most polite thing to do. And um, I'm sorry if I offended you by saying BS to Bungie, but it it wasn't what the community was feeling. So in calling BS, I, I feel I'm justified in calling BS on that in that manner. With regards to um, the other thing he said, shoot, what was it? It was um, the pool size. There actually is facts about this, and we didn't say it in the episode, but Guardian GG tracks the amount of people logging on every day. Every day, there are around 400,000 people logging on to play Crucible. You can look that up for yourself. That is an enormous amount of people to have bad connections. And we're seeing that now because now people are getting good connections. When you go into past Call of Duty games, I'm talking like COD 4, World at War, because occasionally I will still go back and play them on my Xbox 360. I have good connections. Everybody has a green bar, essentially, because it's different. The way they show it is different in Call of Duty, but everybody has a good connection. And they give you the player numbers in that game. And I will be hopping into Domination where there are like 100 people on the playlist and I have a green bar. That's where my problem comes with Destiny when we are having such bad connections because I'm playing in a player pool that is enormous compared to that type of game and we are still having bad connections. The other things he said, I don't really remember the other stuff he said. Um, there was some ranting about the way we handled stuff. I'm sorry if you think we handled it incorrectly. Um, as always, this is just our opinions. If you don't like our opinions, we do appreciate the feedback, good or bad. This is... I, if if you disagree with us, that's fine. You can disagree with us. Like At the end of the day, it's your opinion versus our opinion. That's what the show is about. It's about opinions. We're not going to fault you and say you're wrong because you have a different opinion than us it's just it's the way the cookie crumbles man no and and i do like uh emails like this too because we 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 like to discuss topics that are relevant to the community and we like to present them in a pretty we we like to review what is going on and, and and present what we like what we not not like but what we see in a is simple to understand method and and i understand that you giving facts and 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 and, and giving and, and talking about stuff such as the sampling rate is important to a lot of people people who who are way more qualified than i am with regards to this uh, i know jared he talks he's talked about that he, he has that information in his head and the reason this these numbers while to many people are like oh my god 30 hertz that's absolutely ridiculous like how, how could it be that low for me again it goes back to 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 how i understand this game was it was designed for playstation 3 and xbox 360 it was designed in a specific way um based on 30 frames per second it was designed with regards to the game being peer-to-peer it was designed with the game being a whole bunch of other factors and it came from a time when the game was very badly there 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 were issues that were going on in the background we've already reported on them 
Kotaku's reported on them. Hundreds of, of, of anonymous sources have reported on this. So we already know what's going on with regards to the, the, the way the game was established. And I believe that, that a lot of the, the concerns that we brought up on the show aren't going to be properly resolved until Destiny 2. And that's where everything comes into play. That's where everything becomes that one perfect product. Well, quote unquote perfect, I should say. But the product that we've been looking for since this game came out. That's where everything comes into play. And I think it is still relevant for us to give us give our opinions with regards to this game and present them in a more opinionated format rather than giving hard facts like 30 frames here, 60 frames here, 70 frames here. It, it, it doesn't do giving all these frames or giving items doesn't always paint the whole picture for most people. And... But I, I I understand what you're talking about. So thank you very much for that email. Thank you for your opinions. And that is it with regards to our emails right there. Um, again, it, we want you guys to uh, participate. The email address, as I mentioned before, is inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to send us messages there so that we can feature you on the next segment of Messages from the Reef. Now. I don't know if anybody heard this last week. Actually, a couple people did. But this was, um, there was a little contest involved with regards to uh, that. So we'll do a, a fair and square. David, which question did you find, which question was the best? Uh, I feel it's the one that gave us an episode, to be honest. <laughs> the one about the... Um, what would you keep? What would you? Yeah. Yep. That that one. It 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 had the most um, most for us to talk about because we didn't get to talk about all of it. Um, but we we will vi- visit that. We've been actually planning an episode along that lines, and yep. you know now we have even more incentive because we know you all want to hear it. Yep. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think that question was the best, mostly because it gave us something to talk about. Um, and there's a lot to talk about in regards to it. So, yeah, that's my vote. So the reason reason I bring that up is, Tom Brand, you are the winner. You will be receiving the fabled Union of Light emblem code. Uh, check your email and put it on proudly. Congratulations. So with that, any final thoughts you guys want to bring up? Any plugs you want to push forward? I have a final thought. So Luke Smith had a tweet and it was funny and I want to say it. So he said, he said, Disney filed a trademark for Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Luke Skywalker Nova Bomb is going to be sweet. Hopefully Han had Radiance up. LOLs. Uh, Jordan. Sorry, I love Star I Wars. I had to. I can't follow that. The one thing I will say, uh, Oh, I forget what's his, what his name is. Um, I always like to call him Wesley Crusher because that's his character on Star Trek. Um, but he mentioned that it, it was the best. Uh, Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie he's seen. So, ah, oh, dude, I'm so I'm, excited. Ugh. I am excited for for Rogue One. My inner Star Wars is dying. Oh my god! Just, just calm down. Just don't get a big dick. 
Anyway, David, go ahead and close this bad boy up. Okay, then. We want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit. Let you know we are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you spread the word. I feel like I'm always starting this laughing because of something you said. But the, <laughs> the best way to do that is to share In Orbit with others. We're available on iTunes. We're available on SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we have an RSS feed. The links are available for each platform right on the Masters Buttons website at www.masterbuttons.com. Make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Masters Buttons. Make sure to check out the other shows on Masters Buttons Network at masterbuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, you can check masterbuttons.com slash schedule for all scheduling details. You can check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site. Facebook.com slash Mash Shows Buttons, YouTube.com slash Mash Shows Buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. And Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitch at IMTBot and on Twitter at IM underscore TBot. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming screen names at GoToNRG on all locations. As I mentioned before, contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire Inorbit team, David, Jared, and myself, and of course Jordan, he's over there somewhere doing something. We thank you, as always, for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your Destiny Calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, December 12th, Jorge and David transmit in orbit. This week talking about the dawning winter event, matchmaking updates, and Iron Banner Rift. On Tuesday, December 13th, Nick, Ray, Jeremy, and Eric bring you the latest in World of Warcraft and WoW talk. This week talking about Heroic Emerald Nightmare and Patch 7.1.5. On December 14th, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week talking about Overwatch's December holiday event, early SR troubles in Season 3, and how Blizzard needs to take more responsibility in policing the community. Also on Wednesday, Crash Tag and Meza bring you the latest in fighting games and the FGC on Double Tap. This week talking about Capcom Cup results, Street Fighter V DLC, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. On Friday, December 16th, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you SITREP Radio, talking the latest on the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com schedule.